quiet crowd. Let me tell you, when Jesus saved me, he didn't just save my soul. He saved every part of me. That means when I get in his presence, oh, my hands got to move, my legs got to move, I get loud. Amen? Because he saved all of me. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know how many of you, I know some of you, but you follow us on Friday Night Revival. How, come on now. And you know what tonight is? Friday Night Revival. Hallelujah. Now, that means it's going to get big. It's going to get hot. It's going to get real. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? By gosh, are you ready? I know I'm ready. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The Lord saved me. He delivered me. He delivered me from death. He lifted me out of a miry pit. Amen. He saved me. I think I, I am the only one out of my whole family that knows Jesus. Can you hear me? Daniel and I were married Catholics. I got saved. I started praying for my honey. I said, Lord, save my honey. Save my husband. Save my husband. Every week I'd go, save my husband. And, 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 and we were in a church where they were just older, about my age now. Oh, that's amazing. All right? And they'd, they'd pray over me. And they'd pray with me. And we'd pray Daniel in. And look at what God has done. Hallelujah. He took him from a farmer who just wanted to sow seeds, sow seeds in the ground and, and drive his tractor and harvest his crops. He took him from that to Los Angeles to harvest souls on the streets. Amen. And we've been doing it for near 40 years now. And we're not done. I may be looking older, but inside I'm getting younger. I'm excited for what God is doing, and I'm not stopping. I'm not slowing down. I may look like I am, but I'm not. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The past is the past. Are you hearing me? The past is the past. It's a new day. Step into the promise. You got to step into the promise. He did it, but you got to step into the promise or you won't get it. You, thank you. You got to step into the promise. Because the word says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He did it for me. He did it for Pastor Daniel. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Do you have great big expectations? I do. Great big expectations. He can do the impossible. Amen. Come on, Daddy. I'm excited because it's Friday night revival. I know the services on Friday nights are amazing. Are you ready to get what, what God has for you tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. There you go, Daddy. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. He is awesome. And we give God praise for... The opportunity that we might stand in his presence, amen, and do the holy work of God. There are a lot of saints at home already. The majority of the church is already home. You realize that? The majority, generations and generations of the saints of God 
They brought a lot of stuff to the Lord. Blessings, faithfulness, gifts. They've persevered. They've been champions. They all go. They all lay something at his feet. What are you going to take when you go? Hallelujah. This is our great opportunity, amen, to plan ahead for that moment. Glory be to God, that glorious moment when you stand before the Lord at the gates of heaven. He looks at you and you look at him. He'll say, enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's our prayer, amen. And then you'll have an opportunity to lay something at the king's feet. What will that be? Glory be to God. Pretty cool consideration, amen. If you were born, wa- born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. That's that moment we're living for. Hallelujah to God, hallelujah to God. Matthew this, this evening, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Matthew 16, 24. Glory be to God, I'm going to use some readers here. Hallelujah, I didn't used to use readers, now I do. I used to put glasses on to see, now I have to take them off to see. Hallelujah to God. The Lord is good, he is so awesome. Friday Night Revival, amen. Those of you on our stream, we welcome you. Glory be to God, folks. I tell you, there are awesome people that that log on to Friday Night Revival, and the, the devil's climbed Friday night. He can't have it. We've taken it back for the glory of God and for his namesake, and the Lord has promised us another revival. You know, we're in Cortez. Pastor Dennis, if you're watching, God bless you. I love you. Um, and before I left there, the Lord promised us another revival. Why not now? Why not tonight, amen? amen. Believing that God will pour out of heaven, the fire of God, the fire of God to ignite us, change us. You know, folks, we'd watch, we'd listen to children, four, uh, five, six years old, they would come to the altar and weep before God, and they would pray for souls. You don't teach a five-year-old to pray for souls, but in the presence of God, the babies would pray for souls. And in revival, the children would be so exhausted for intercession, the parents would have to carry them home. Because the babies would cry until they had no strength to even stand. Some of the parents would become afraid because the children were so exhausted for seeking God for souls. Hallelujah to God. And instead of going home, our working men in the revival would bring cots and, and, and uh, sleeping bags to the church. They didn't want to miss the glory of God, so they'd go to work from church. They'd spend the time there. Oh, I tell you, revival is not anything that a man can produce. It's something that only God can do. Hallelujah. But you have to reach a place, amen, a place where you want more and that this world can't produce what you want. It's got to be otherworldly, the power of God. You've got to be desperate to get it. You've got to be desperate. And the kind of desperation that you need, only Christ can produce in you. Hallelujah to God. Only Christ can produce that desire. Hallelujah to the Lord. The Lord told me one time, he said, you guys talk a lot about dying. Dying to the flesh, he said. I heard him clearly. He said, you you guys talk a lot about dying to the flesh, dying to this world. He says, the thing you don't realize is that dying to the flesh and dying to the world feels a whole lot like dying. And the saints aren't interested in that. It just becomes philosophical, you know, and something we talk about but we don't really relate to. 
But it's imperative for the last day church that we experience that death to the flesh. Once we die to this world, then we can begin to represent the world to come. And once we lay ourselves down, then we can begin to represent Jesus Christ who died for us. Matthew chapter 16, 24. How many love that Bible in your lap? Oh, glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Hallelujah. Let's read what Jesus says, and let's consider this for a moment. Amen. Let's start in verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. He's talking about crucifixion. He's talking about suffering. Peter can't relate to that type of suffering. Peter can't relate to what Jesus has told them he's got to do. And once you, once you become heavenly minded, people will begin to understand you less. You'll seem more fanatical to them. A spiritual Christian weirdo. Don't you know we walk in grace? Not in works. They don't understand, man. It's not about works. Hallelujah to God. On the farm, if you didn't work, you wouldn't eat. But in the church, we don't like to work. We're not works. We're not of works. We're of grace. <laughs> grace will make you a better worker, say amen to God. Grace doesn't, doesn't, amen. Oh, Lord, hallelujah to God. I'm glad I started about right there. Don't get me going, babies. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This shall not be unto thee. Oh, good old Peter. He knows best, doesn't he? And there are all people, there are always people in the house of God who know best. Lord, we give you praise for your word tonight. We give you praise, God, for your word tonight. We pray that you would rain on us. Rain on us from heaven, Lord, that perfect, perfect prescription called revival that provides for your people, the lost, the dying children, the bound, the hurting, the suffering, that provides, Lord, everything that we could possibly need, even the inconceivable that only you see the necessity for. We ask you for that, God, in Jesus' name right now. Open up the heavens and pour out upon us, O oh God. Until the person we become when we leave this place is not the person that we were when we left our homes. That when we look in the mirror, we are a new person, God. Totally new, re rejuvenated, uh, revived, quickened, transformed, changed, Lord. Where we begin to walk in earth while we already are in heaven. Lord, so we're not pie in the sky walking with our heads in the clouds, cartoon Christians, but that we become real, Lord God, heaven in us on earth, citizens of heaven, Lord God, walking, extensions of God, born out of the wounds of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise tonight. Shake us and bake us, Lord God. Make us what we need to be for your glory, Lord God, not just based upon what you want for us, even though that is perfect, but Lord, that fire that burns in you has got to burn in us. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, hallelujah, we give you praise. We give you praise and glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times over. Thank you, God. 
I love you, my daddy, my God, my savior, my precious Lord, my best friend, my confidant, Lord, the one who embraces me, holds me, squeezes me, changes me, endorses me, strengthens me, affirms me over and over and over again and again and again and again and again. Lord, I pray because you taught me to pray. I praise because you, because you give me the praise. We can't take any credit for this, but we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many love the Holy Ghost? We're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We give you praise, Lord. So let's read this. Paul said, no, 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 we can't let this happen to you. And people are are misdirected when they want to keep us from suffering. You can't suffer to grow in Christ. That's not God's will. Those are works. Amen. Amen. But don't, don't allow the lack of faith in others to hinder your faith. Hallelujah. If, not, if they're not persevering and working hard at it. You can't follow someone who's going nowhere. Hallelujah. If you want to follow somebody, make sure they surprise you once a week. That when they come to church, they're not the same week after week. You don't want to follow someone who's going in circles. And we, and we are pastors at home first before we're pastors here. So I'm relating to every one of us. Christians are the only one who know where they're going. Hallelujah. And so, and so we diminish, we demean the glory of God when we don't represent God in power as well. You know, the power of God has been, has been misconstrued and misused. And so people don't appreciate it. They think it's ugly. You know, they think it's disorganized. It's just we don't like that kind of stuff. But listen to me. God gets it done. It would just give God an opportunity to do it. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. You can listen to people. Amen. Let them be a resource to you. But make up your mind that you're going to transcend everything that's around you. You're going to go after Jesus, not after people. Say amen to God. Hallelujah. We're going to go after Jesus, not after people. Hallelujah. God is so good, isn't it, Peter? You, we can't let this happen to you. Watch us read it again. Then Peter, let me put my glasses on again. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're so, we're so conscious, amen, about how we look. Heard a guy preaching the other day. He says, well, an, an old, you know, we'd hear it all the time. We're all the same. We all, put, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. Now they say, we all put on our skinny jeans one leg at a time. <laughs> Used to be, we didn't want our pants tight. We wanted them to fit. <laughs> and we didn't want to buy old pants that were filled with holes. But now we do. <laughs> Go figure, baby. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> My pants are tight, but not because they're skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, hello, it's because I ain't skinny no more. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. I don't get it, folks. I just don't get it. Praise the Lord. But I know what I want, and I want Jesus. And I don't want to waste. I don't want to squander the brief moment, the space of grace that God has given me. And God has placed me in front of a lot of people as time has gone by. Not because I want to be there, but because 
Evidently, the Lord wants me to tell you what he's told me. But he doesn't want me to tell you what he's told me until I have done it. You see, you can't export what doesn't work at home. It's got to work in us first. We're good at criticizing people for not doing the things we don't do. And we expect, we expect, we, we expect from others what we don't expect of ourselves. Are you hearing me? But the thing about it is, is that the Lord sees all of that. Peter, watch. Peter says this. He doesn't understand. He just doesn't get it yet, but he will get it later. Then Peter, amen, took him and began to, to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, who's he rebuking? The Lord. It's not a good thing to rebuke the Lord. If God is doing something, if God is doing something in somebody's life, they're suffering, but their life isn't right, leave God alone, man. You get them free from their suffering, but their souls are never changed. Just say, God, do your perfect will, and if you pray with power, God will have his way. If your concern is God's concern instead of your concern for them, like Peter's was, God will begin to deliver the people again. But because we're lukewarm, superficial, very shallow, all the time we're spiritually getting in God's way. Because we don't think that God uses suffering anymore. But the Lord said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. But be of good cheer. But be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. In suffering you're going to have to trust me. And you know that I am molding you. Sometimes God has to break the clay before it'll absorb any water and become manageable and moldable again. Glory be to God. It doesn't matter to me, you know, if, I if I'm the last one in the room as long as Jesus is in the room with me. Glory be Give him praise and glory. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise and glory. Hallelujah. So Peter is rebuking, upbraiding Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I was yelling at God one night, yelling at the devil because God was working in my life, transforming me, conforming me, preparing me to be what I had been praying to be, and I wasn't ready to be yet. A lot of times we make prayers, but we're not ready to be that, and God has us, has to mold us and break us and transform us so that we can receive the prayers that we have asked for. For God to give us answers would be premature. He would do us more harm than he would good. But we think mentally we're, we're ready when in fact we're not. It's obvious Peter is not ready, is he? And I was rebuking, rebuking the devil, 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 Lord. And, and the, help, help me, Lord, rebuke the devil. I thought I was going to die when God was transforming me to do his work. And after I was completely exhausted for rebuking the devil in the middle of the night, it must have been 2 a.m., and I was exhausted on the floor, thought I defeated the devil, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, you done, Daniel? <laughs> it's not the devil. It's me. I said, Lord, what is it you want to deliver me from? What is it you, you want to set me free from? And you know what he said to me? Son, you know. And you know what I did? I knew. When God said, you know. You hadn't heard it until God says it. And when God says, you know, you know what? You know. But we love to live in denial even in our spirituality. 
And I knew immediately what God wanted. And I felt like for, for a couple of years there, I was on the threshold of death. Ask my wife. I was young. And I was always telling my wife, I don't want to die, baby. I don't want to die. She'd say, you don't, you're not dying. You're not dying. But I felt as though I was dying. She took me to the doctor. I said, Doc, I feel really bad. I, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> and, and I was serious. I was afraid. I was intimidated. I was filled with anxiety. I couldn't sleep. And the doctor said, no, ye not. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I came for some treatment. Not a, I'm not a sermon, dog. <laughs> I said, whoa, thank you, Lord. I didn't understand then. I didn't understand. I didn't. Listen, listen, folks. If your enemy has a name that you know of, you're missing God. Because you wrestle not with flesh and blood. And all the flesh and blood, you look around and that... Flesh and blood has a name, and that has a name, and I'm just ticked off, and that has a name, and that has a name. If your enemy has a name, you're missing God. Because you wrestle not against flesh and blood. You're falling prey to the power of the devil. Are you hearing me right now? Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. I didn't write it. Paul wrote it by the Holy Ghost. Know ye not? <laughs> know ye not? <laughs> know ye not? Glory be to God. The Lord is good. Peter rebuking the Lord. Don't be rebuking God. Don't be rebuking God. <laughs> oh, man. Us loving God doesn't make him more God than he is. And us praising God doesn't make God any greater than he already is. Prayer is a gift to us. Praise is a gift to us. Hallelujah to God. We don't pacify God. You just can't pacify God. He is altogether God. He is complete. He's absolute complete without you and me. Hallelujah. We are grafted into the tree by the grace of Almighty God. So don't lose sight of the privilege that you have to sit in that chair where you're at. Hallelujah to God. The Lord has brought you by his mercy and his glory. Oh, Jesus, I better preach what I had thought about preaching instead of preaching something else. Oh, glory. It's like the little boy went to church and, and, and his daddy wasn't feeling well, so he went to church without him. And then when he came back from church, he said, was church good? And, and the little boy said, it was good. And and then his daddy said, what did the pastor preach on? And he said, hmm, I don't think he ever said. <laughs> I don't think he ever said what he was preaching on. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm preaching on in a minute. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. So this is just a preview Amen. Let me put my glasses back on. Hallelujah. This shall not be unto thee. He's, he's, he's threatening Jesus. The very reason, the pinnacle of your purpose will never come to pass. Oh, my God. And you're a friend of Christ? Sometimes we're friendly to a people and we're speaking of thwarting their purpose in Christ. This is the pinnacle of the Lord's purpose. To die just the way he said he would die. 
and the friend of Christ, supposedly Peter at that point, who wants to honor God and take care of God, amen, and to defend the Lord. Remember, he's the one that took the sword to the place of prayer. When we go to pray, let's be peaceful. Let's not fight there. When we go to pray, it's about seeking God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Don't be thinking evil thoughts about people or that she prays too loud. She makes too, more, too much noise. Oh, what a ruckus. I ain't coming back here. Eh? No. So, no. This shall not be unto you. But remember, this is the pinnacle of his purpose, to die on the cross for you and me. And Peter said, I ain't going to let it happen. And he's supposed to be the friend of God. You cannot pray for somebody. You cannot place your trust in somebody who is not saved. I didn't say, I didn't say who is not a churchgoer. I said who is not saved. One, one young man went to, a, to his grandpa who was a sage, and he said, Grandpa, 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 yeah, young minister, why can't we get revival? Why can't we have a move of God in the house of God? The old sage took him by the, by the arm and held him close, and he said, Son, it's because the devil's not afraid to go to the church now. He goes to church all the time. That's why you can't get revival. But... But the devil is concealed in, in, in some of the most unusual ways. Usually the one who is used the most by the devil is the last one to know. Listen, Jesus is coming back again. There's no time to waste. Peter's rebuking him, but watch. In verse 22, look how the Lord replies. Verse 23. 23. But he turned and said unto him, Peter... Get thee behind me, Satan. Wait, I thought his name was Peter. No, Satan. Oh my God. It just came out of it just came out of Peter's mouth. Does that freak you out or what? It came out of Peter's mouth. Oh, hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. It came out of Peter's mouth. Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest the things that are that be of be not, thou savorest the things thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Let me explain to you why I read the way that I read. It's not that I'm a poor reader, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess I am a poor reader, huh? I didn't read that that good. <laughs> But because after I was diagnosed with that malignancy, the devil kept fighting. He tried to destroy me. God has healed me. But during that, but during that battle, I had many strokes in each of my optic nerves. And he tried to blind me so I couldn't read my word. So, so I have, you have central vision. My peripheral, my immediate vision that is immediate from my central vision is damaged in each eye so that I have to focus on each word rather than read by peripheral speed reading like I used to when I was a kid. But I can read it even though it's like... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thy word is a light unto my feet. <laughs> Light in my path. 
Glory be to God. Say amen to the Lord. And so, and so, you see what's happening in this scripture. Peter says, it's just me, and it's just my personal concern for you. But even the devil can get in that. Even the devil can get in your personal concern for others. But remember, I told you a minute ago, if your enemy has a name, you're missing God. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's the high places that oppose the saints of God because the saints of God are seated in high places with Christ Jesus, say amen to God. We won't be defeated, you know why? Because the Lord has already given us the victory. If we get faith, knowledge, revelation, then we'll begin to walk in the victory that the Lord has already provided for us. I woke up one morning, the Lord said, I need to adjust your way of praying, Daniel. I said, Lord, you can do anything you want to do. If you want to adjust me, I am here, Lord. He said, I need to adjust your method of praying. He said, you're always praying that I would win the battle. He said, I already won the battle, son. Why are my people always praying for a victory in battle? They just don't know how to walk in the victory that I've already provided for them. Say amen to God. They take for granted my victory because they don't know how to walk in oneness. Remember, it's not my victory, it's yours. You'll walk in, in Jesus said, remember, it's not your victory, it's mine. It's not your victory, it's mine. You'll walk in my victory when you are one with me. Oneness, that's why Jesus in John 17 said, I pray, Father, that they will be one even as we are one. Glory be to God. So the glory of God is awesome. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we'll bust a move. Sometimes in the Holy Ghost, it's not as pretty as we think it is. And people look at, oh, don't worry, it's just the Holy Ghost. He's moving, he's moving kind of funny. It's not choreographed. It's extemporaneous. It's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, just clap your hands. Give God praise. Give God praise. We give God praise. Raise your hands. Give him praise and glory. Give him praise right now. Say, change me, God. Change me, Lord. Make me like you. Make me like you. Make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. But the glory, as beautiful as it is, and all the wonderful things it accomplishes, accomplishes in us, if it doesn't make us one with one another, it has failed. Not because it has failed, but it hasn't accomplished the thing whereunto it, God has sent it. Because we don't understand the primary thing in God's heart is for us to be one. And oneness with God is when we begin to walk in the victory he's provided for us. When Jesus, when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. It is finished. Amen. He didn't say, except, however, unless you think of something else, I'll take care of that along the way. <laughs> No, it's all finished, amen to God. It's all finished. 
We can have the greatest revival the world has ever seen because it's finished. It's a done deal. Say amen to God. Clap your hands and give God glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise and give him glory. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Jesus, there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. In case you've forgotten, there is power in the name of Jesus. So there I was rebuking the Lord for so long. The Lord says, are you done, son? You done? I understand. He didn't rebuke me for that. Peter rebuked the Lord. Turns out it was the devil. Hallelujah. I've got to tell you a few things before I get off of the telephone here. The Lord has spoken to me, saith the Lord. By golly. Hallelujah. It's amazing he's spoken to me because I haven't spoken to him. But you don't say that. But I heard some gossip and I thought I would thus set the Lord it for a little bit. <laughs> Jesus, have you noticed how prophets are missing it, folks? Have you noticed? But the thing about it is the gift of prophecy is part of a five-fold ministry. And I gotta, I, I gotta, I, you gotta wonder if the, if the prophet is missing it, is the pastor also? How about the teacher? How about the evangelist? Maybe they're all missing it the same way. But this guy's so public, it's either easy to point a finger at him. But maybe we should stop pointing fingers and start seeking God for truth about ourselves. Say amen to God. Oh, hallelujah to the Lord. We need that because the time is short. Jesus is coming back again. And God is looking to us as the last day church to rise above all of this stuff and to glorify him in a mighty way. The Lord has saved the best for last, the wine. Hallelujah to God. But no, watch what the Lord says. I'm just about to get to my sermon. Hallelujah. These are awesome scriptures, huh? Maybe we should stop sermonizing and just preach the word of God. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. Hallelujah. Oh, who, uh, oh, hermana, okay. I always pick on the hermanas. Uh. Oh, brother, hallelujah. <laughs> brother, before, before we start this conversation, would you turn to Matthew 16? <laughs> Let's start this conversation in a Holy Ghost way. <laughs> Sister, sister, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And she says, I already told you more than I know, than I know, that I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Folks, the thing that's tragic is that God, the Lord watches all of this. And he sees it all. We do this, tra- <laughs> I better start preaching, Watch. Hallelujah to God. Verse 23, and the Lord said, but, but he turned and he said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Peter. If he said it to Peter, he was probably looking in Peter's face, right? So how do you relate to that? How do you reconcile the fact that this is Peter and yet Jesus just said Satan? Because the devil, de- the de- demons, folks, are usually not in trees or on fence posts. No. 
They're usually near, about, or in people. And, and some of them we have trusted. Some of them we have trusted. Oh my God. And some of them we have trusted, but some of us can't even trust ourselves. And the greatest and the greatest evidence is the life we've lived. Maybe we should stop asking ourselves how good we are. Maybe we should go to the people who know us the best and ask them and get a consensus and be honest and let them tell us what we are. Say amen to God. Jesus is coming back again. Jesus, there, there must be some kind of deception going on or we would have the fire of the Holy Ghost in the house of God. Say amen to the Lord. Say amen to God. We need revival. We need revival. We need revival. Oh, hallelujah to God. The people are dying. The children are crying who don't even know. Remember the lyric of the old song, we're killing by millions. Brothers and sisters, our hearts are so cold. God isn't waiting for the world to be just right. God is waiting for his body to be just right. To be prepared. Hallelujah. The Lord will clothe us for warfare once we first realize we're naked. That's what he told the Laodicean church, is it not? Purchase this fine raiment. I'll clothe you. But I wish you were, I, I wish you were either hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I can't. I will spew you out of my mouth. The Lord is saying, in essence, if you're cold, you're teachable. If you're hot, you're usable. If you're lukewarm, I can't teach you or use you. The Lord is coming back again, children. Your children's lives are at stake. My children's lives are at stake. Your grandchildren's lives are at stake. And my children, grandchildren's lives are at stake. My neighbors, your neighbors. The, the, the unborn, God isn't looking to our government, I guarantee you. God is looking to his family, say amen to God. He's looking to the to the living residents of God's kingdom while they're still in the earth. It's his body, kingdom kids. Glory be to God. Give God praise and worship him. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you about transition. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so that's the devil. We settle that. Then said Jesus unto his disciples. Peter's pray. Wow. You see, the only, the only, he's like a deflated balloon. The only, hair, the only air he had was wrong thinking, concluding he was right because it emotionally felt good when he was absolutely wrong. Some, sometimes we can be wrong emotionally because we think we know the person standing across from us. And we give them horrible counsel. What would we be like if Jesus rebuked us every time we messed up? 
the way he did Peter. Oh, we would think twice before we said something, wouldn't we? We would be prayed up. Hallelujah. We would make sure that we, before we wrote our notes, he was over our shoulders. <laughs> oh, erase this? Okay. <laughs> that was my favorite part, Lord. <laughs> it sounds good, but it ain't no good, huh? Okay. <laughs> They're going to shout, but they ain't going to change. Hallelujah. So, so there it is. Watch this. Read on. Glory be to God. Verse 24. Here it is. This is the sticker, baby. This is the thing that makes us what we need to be. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if, 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 if any of you, that's what I'm going to say, if any of you out there, Oh, oh, wait, wait, there's no, there's no foregone conclusion here. That's a great big if, I if. If any of you will come after me, but I already am coming after you. Well, where are we going? I haven't a clue, but I'm coming after you. Wait a minute. Where are you going? Where are we going in our ministries? Where are we going as in our lives? I don't even like that word ministry anymore. Because it's not about ministry. It's about servanthood. And, and they healed the sick and they raised the dead and they did all of those awesome things. But they were just following Jesus. This had just become practical life. It was a lesson. It was discipleship. Jesus was teaching them along the way. If we ever begin living our lives as though we already know it all, Jesus is going in the opposite direction we're going in. Because you never stop learning. If you stop learning, you will stop experiencing the miracles. The miracles make it fresh because you're learning something new. Miracles are a confirmation of the word that God just sowed in your belly. Say amen to God. Hallelujah. And it always, watch, it always relates to the hurting, the suffering, the dying. The ones we have no time for because we're so, we're so agenda oriented. We ain't got time. I have a schedule. That's why we meet on Sundays and on specific days. They become traditional. Well, they're traditional because they're rational. And our rationale dictates how we serve God. So we should say our, our service dates are not traditional. They're just rational. Not supernatural. Rational. It fits our schedule. We'll do it that way. The Lord can show up and teach us if he wants to. And then along the way, we can't veer to the left or to the right to heal the people, to touch the people, to touch them, to, to, to teach the people. We can't go out of our way. Glory be to God, folks. I tell you, people don't like the primitive nature of discipleship. They want it up to date. They want it high tech. They want it agenda oriented to serve God. That's why they can't leave the world to serve him. If you want me, use me within the scope of my lifestyle. He won't, you can't say come out from the world. Lord, I can't come out from my world. This is my world. But I invite you into my world. Hallelujah. 
and I'm and I move, I move, I move. I don't know if you can keep up, Lord. I don't know if you can keep up with me. I'm busy, 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 busy. Hallelujah, God. Primitive nature serving God. That's why the pursuit of money, 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 money. I don't sound like um. Could never hit that note. <laughs> and that's why we can't follow him. Because we're following something else. The Lord said you can't serve two masters. Hallelujah to God. The Lord had been calling me for a long time, but I was a farmer. I wanted to be the biggest, the best, the most successful farmer on the Western Slope. We're five generations of farmers in Colorado for over 100 years. And I had to be the best. But you know, I, was, I couldn't go serve the Lord until the Lord took it all away. And I hear the auctioneers outside the window saying, there goes a tractor, there goes a tractor, there goes a truck, a cultivator, a plow, it all went down the road. And the Lord said, now? Now will you follow me? I was just waiting for the opportune time. Lord, can't blame me for that. I'd like to get the bills paid. I'd like to have everything established. You know, offerings, I don't want to rip. I don't want to be dependent upon offerings. What? Oh, Dad, tell there wasn't anything left. And that was the best thing the Lord could have ever done for me. I give him praise for that. I didn't understand real life until God took away my perceived life. And I give God praise for that. I don't know why I'm wearing these. I can't even see you. <laughs> Lord, they all look like trees walking. Hallelujah <laughs> to God. God is so good. He is so good. He is so good. I got to get home. Watch. <laughs> we watch Roku till 1130, man. I told you some people are naming their kids Roku now. Hey, Roku, get over here, son. <laughs> this is the truth of things, folks. This is where we are as the last day church. Watch this. Watch what the Lord says. Amen, except a man come after me. If any man will come after me, let him take, let him what? Deny himself. Okay, you have to deny yourself before you can take up that necessary tool and vehicle. The thing that defines you. You got to have a cross or you can't follow me. You got, there's a cross here. There's a cross. Folks, I've been preaching the gospel for a long time. And you know the trend from the 90s right up to the, last, the, la the end of the last decade was this. Take the crosses out of the house of God. And we would go into churches that were no crosses. In China, they're forcing the church of persecution to take away the crosses. In America, they were doing it voluntarily for the sake of... It doesn't match. That thing don't match. You see? It's not fashionable. We're going to turn the people off with the cross... Are you hearing me, folks? And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have no cross. You can't go. It's just that simple. You may think you're going, but you ain't going. 
You have no vehicle. You need a cross to follow me. You need a I didn't say it. You look at me, you're looking at me like a calf at a new gate. But they ain't giving no crosses out here. How am I gonna do that? <laughs> Watch this, it's awesome. God is so good. He's giving us a key to success and revival without all the striving and the disappointment and the bewilderment. And why won't God do it? This is why he won't do it. Watch. Amen. For whosoever will, will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Hallelujah. 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 Go back one verse. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's a prerequisite. It's the cross. We have to go. We have to go again. And the Lord has said, this is what I'm raising up, men and women of God, to unveil again the cross of Jesus. Because the cross has been veiled until the people can't see it. It's not visible. It's not visible anymore. It should be visible in us. The cross of Christ, willing to walk after the Lord for, the name, for, the, for his namesake and for his glory. Let me tell you what this means. This is a prerequisite, so how does this work? You think about the cross. Jesus said you can't follow me unless you take up this cross. You can conceivably follow him, but it just remains conceptual. It never becomes real. That's why we have so many Bible studies, online Bible studies, more and more conferences, because we want to maintain that conceptual understanding. But it doesn't mean you're following him. It means you have a thought. But unless you take up your cross, which is a mentality, which is a reality in your heart, you see, it's about a, a, a willing motivation, a willing heart. A heart willing to die for Jesus, for his purpose, and not for him. You become so much one with God that it's your purpose, not just his. And that's what, and that is that impervious motivation within an individual where they can, their growth can no longer be hindered because there is no distraction. They are overwhelmed by their purpose because they're one with Christ. And when you are purposeful in Christ, you have God's heart, you realize to get this baby done, I need a cross. I can't do it without a cross. And let me tell you what that means because now you see we're just, we're still these conceptual people. How does that work? I'm about to tell you, watch. You look at this and it's a cross. Jesus said a cross? He said a cross. Jesus said a cross, period. We say a cross? Question mark. He says a cross! Exclamation point. We say a cross! Exclamation point. Question mark. Exclamation point. <laughs> A cross. A cross. What do you mean a cross? <laughs> a cross? Yes. Okay. A cross. Why a cross? I'm about to tell you. Why a cross? Okay. Where do I get one of those? 
Where do I get one? Dollar General got them? Walmart? Crosses are us? <laughs> no, you won't find that. Crosses are us. That should be our church. Hello, logo. Crosses are us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Revival happening there. <laughs> no? Okay. Who, what, when, where, and why? Cross? Cross? Why? Where do I get one? Amen. All viable questions, are they not? But you can't understand them and you can't answer the question because it's not a carnal question and you can't get it in a store and you can't feel it with your hand. It's a heart. It's a mentality. It's a transformation. It's a citizenship. It's a regeneration. It's becoming one with God. It's a citizen of heaven. It's the body of Christ. It's the people who are Jesus. Say amen to God. That's, oh, come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise, saints of God. Hallelujah. You see, then you don't need a lot of people. All you need is an army. That don't make no sense. You don't need a lot of people. All you need is an army. For two or three are gathered in my name is my army. One with God. Didn't, aren't you glad he didn't say two or three <laughs> hundred? If that were the case, we'd be disqualified. Let's all go home and try and get more folks out. An army. Listen, you and God alone are an army. Say amen to God. You and God alone are an army. That revolutionizes your prayer. That revolutionizes, amen, the word of God in your soul. That activates you, motivates you, inflates you, empowers you, enlarges you. As Pastor said, you in Christ are always the majority. You in Christ are always the winning army. Say amen to God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. We're pretty professional to church today. But it doesn't matter how good we are if we're not doing any good. It doesn't matter how good we are if we're not doing any good. Say amen to God. Say amen to God. I don't care what the guitar sounds like when people are being raised from the dead. Woo, play it, brother. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the sour notes when blind eyes are being opened. Oh, glory be to God. Come on, raise your hand and give God praise. It's your heart God's looking for, folks. It's your heart. And not a lot of hearts. Maybe two or three gathered in my name, there there will I be. This is a proactive decision. This is a promise of God. When he's with two or three, you know why he's there? Because he wants to be. He wants to be there. Because the Lord wants to win these battles with you. He wants to take you through his victory. Not just in heaven in retrospect, but now... Now you're rejoicing in Christ. Your transformation, you walking in the fullness of Christ represents the sickle that harvests the lost and die. 
Your perpetual discovery of God enlarges you. But the more you experience and discover of Jesus, the more souls you'll be winning in the process of time. Say amen to God. A church that does not win souls is a church that stopped discovering Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Every time we come to the house of God, we should be discovering more of God because he is infinite God. I give God praise. Hallelujah. I give God praise. I give God praise. What time is it? Oh, gosh. The Baptist done beat us to the bonanza. That's what the preachers used to say. They always got a laugh out of it. It never works for me. Watch. The cross. Galatians 2.20. Let me show you how you get this cross. It won't take long. Hallelujah. If you want to continue tomorrow, that's fine. Just raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Okay, babies. I'm glad you said that. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Amen. The cross. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I can't get my brain around it. How does this work? I need a cross. I need a cross. But it's, it's, it's intangible. It's unfindable. It's not purchasable. It's, it's, not, it's not buildable. It's not producible. It's not... Oh, it's not transferable. It's not inheritable. It's got to be something you discover. The cross, all of a sudden we realize, the cross is the greatest miracle of all. The cross is the most amazing miracle in the house of God. Praise the name of Jesus. You love the Lord right now? Glory be to God. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you. Galatians 2.20. Let's check this out. Watch. Galatians 2.20. And I'm going to show you through my own discovery of this whole issue. 2.20. Watch. 2.20. Galatians 2.20. Watch what Paul says. Listen to Paul carefully. I am crucified with Christ. Wow. There's the cross, right? Well, Paul has discovered a cross. But the Bible doesn't tell me that Paul... Carried a cross around with him. And for him to be crucified on a cross, wouldn't folks have to carry him? I mean, I'm just trying to be logical, but logic doesn't fit anymore, does it? You see, all of a sudden, the Word of God requires that you get in faith. If you have no faith in the Word of God, you'll put the Bible down. You won't read it anymore. You'll develop a handful of favorite scriptures, and then you'll put the Bible away. Because so much of the word of God requires a huge faith so that those words can begin to form in your heart. Glory be to God. And that's what Peter was about to discover. Because see, it was Peter who said, you will never go to a cross of crucifixion when at the end of his life, he said, I will be crucified, but you crucify me upside down. Because even in crucifixion, he wanted to be at the feet of Jesus. The man has changed, has he not? Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. And the last, and the last place we want to worship God is in our suffering. Now Peter knows exactly what Paul meant when he said that I made fellowship in his suffering. 
And that's the cross. And that's the cross. You want your prayers to be effective, you need a cross. Because Jesus could not pray that prayer of global salvation until he was on the cross. He needed a place to make the prayer. And so when he was on the cross and dying on the cross in incredible, unspeakable pain, he looked upon all of those people. The Father had reached his wit's end. He couldn't take it anymore. And, and the Father began to rise up. Jesus said, no, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He couldn't have prayed that prayer from any other place but from the cross of Calvary. Say amen to God. And there are certain prayers we cannot pray until we pray them from our cross. Say amen to God. We are the people of God, but we are also the people of the cross. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants to solidify in us. That's why there's so few champions. That's why there's so few champions in the house of God. People, I preach to thousands of people. I return to churches. And see people, but I, I am seldom su surprised by spiritual growth. People, I'm just not surprised, overwhelmed by, my God, you've grown. It's usually, hey, what happened to you? You used to be on fire. And now you ain't got no fire. I'm not surprised by exceedingly great saints of God. And that's not to say that I'm exceedingly great, but I see a lot of them. Hallelujah to God. <laughs> you are the greatest on the cross. It is the place where you least care about being great. Genuine greatness is when somebody else says you're great and you're the last one to believe it. That is true great. And that's who Jesus was and is. Hallelujah to God. Watch this, babies. Watch this. Okay, so what's the cross? It's right here in 220. Hallelujah. Almost done, I promise. I'm, I'm almost done getting started. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. The Bible for me 24 hours a day. I ain't agenda oriented. <laughs> I seldom fit. I seldom fit within the confines of agenda. I'm sorry. That's why I said I can put a stop and we can start tomorrow. Hallelujah. Watch. This is a good word. It don't matter whether it's one in the morning or one in the afternoon. It's good. I don't care, man. Ha ha. <laughs> the Lord comes in my bedroom, you know, in the middle of the night, he don't go, son, son. Son, son. It's like, whoa, 
There he is. Majesty, mighty God. In a matter of a half a second, I'm overwhelmed by the glory of God and weeping and seeking God. It doesn't matter. It's the middle of the night. He's the Lord. He made the day. He made the night. He made me. He gave me life. I was dying. He saved me. healed me. He's everything to me. Everything to me. He is everything. He is everything. He is everything to me. He didn't say, see ya. Son, I want to warn you. Tomorrow night, 3 a.m., baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. One night we were in bed in the bed. Sister Cordy and I felt the bed lift. About six inches. And then, kaboom! She said, honey, let's get dressed. I said, okay. So we got dressed. We put on a coat. We went outside. And it was about 3 a.m. I tell you, and we went to the altar because he didn't have to say a thing. We knew what he wanted. God, doesn't, God just struggles conforming to our agendas, folks. He's the, he's the Lord. Now, I know there's order, all of that. I know I understand all of that. I do. But the more that we identify God, the less God we have. Oh, you're so good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. Okay, okay, I promise I'm almost done. I'm going to stop right here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do a couple of points here. Amen. They'll just be as pointy tomorrow as they are right now. Okay, ready? Here we go. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Galatians 2.20. Watch. Watch what Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. Not a different cross, the same cross. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Watch. Check these words out. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He's crucified. The key word is with, 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 with. Say it with me. With, 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 with. That's the key word. That's the empowering essence of God. With God. With God. I want to be with God. I want to walk with him. Talk with him. I want to live with him. I want to overcome. I want to heal the sick with him. With him. With him. With him. Therefore I have concluded that my greatest desire is to be crucified with him. I see that it is a necessity. It's got its point one. It's the first step. Oh hallelujah. I be crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the Lord said, let this cup pass from me. Remember the crucifixion. Let me tell you, let me tell you the essence of crucifixion is this. This being one with Christ was my unattainable desire. Let me tell you, for years and for years and for years and for years I wanted more of Jesus. But I fought and struggled with many of the same things that you fight and struggle over. And just simple carnality, being human. But I wanted to be one with God. I wanted to serve him. I wanted the people to know him. That he would come and be with us. Glory be to God. It became, folks, it became my desire, my greatest desire. But as time went by and as I grew up and grew in age, I realized that my desire was unattainable. I knew that I couldn't pray hard enough or work hard enough or desired enough or, or practical steps. I had fasted. I fasted for an entire year. Ate one or, or, or no, for nearly two years. 
I would fast for days at a time. Fasted for two years, just one light meal a day. I wanted this and wanted this, wanted this desperately until I realized it was unattainable. It created a desperation in me, right? It created a desperation, an unspeakable desperation in me. I wanted it, but I couldn't get it. I knew I couldn't get it. I wanted it. I became desperate, so I said, Lord, whatever it takes. And remember Jesus said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Whatever it takes. In other words, whatever you choose, Daddy. Because I have an unattainable desire. And that is to fulfill my destiny. But the only way I can fulfill my destiny, which is my unattainable desire, is to surrender to that thing over there. So I would rather you let it pass from me. But for me to get from point A to point B, I've got to go through that thing. What's your cross, folks? Your cross is, in essence, when you want something so desperately to walk in the fullness of your destiny in the power of Almighty God, transcending all of the human delights, desires, and lusts. And you're willing to get on your knees and seek God and say, Lord, I don't know how to say it. I'm going to say it this way. Whatever it takes. And when you say to God, whatever it takes, it is at that moment you are taking up your cross. And until you have prayed that prayer, you are not bearing a cross for Christ Jesus. That I will walk in the fullness of my destiny. And your destiny, folks, is completely subjected to prayer. Amen. If you want to turn your world upside down, that is your destiny. Oh, my God. Let me show you how that works. We're in L.A. And the city, I'm a farmer, and we were in the middle of the city preaching in East L.A., and I was driving all of a sudden, you know, like a hound dog. I could smell fresh soil because I grew up plowing fresh soil. So we went over and hold, there's this huge big lot that's been, that's been t- leveled and tealed, and it's fresh, and they're going to build this huge structure there, Right? And I was looking and smelling the soil, but I noticed where all the, and, and all the workers were going through an entrance. And at that entrance, there's this huge, huge, huge billboard with a picture of what's going to be built in a three-dimensional, in a three-dimensional way. I don't know how much money they spent on that, but just for the sake of those workers to continue to motivate them because this is what it looks like, but if we stay busy, someday it's going to look like that. And when God saves you, he places within you the vision of a destiny every one of you have. it, And God does his artwork in your heart. He paints a destiny in you. And until you reach the point where you say, God, not discard the destiny, think you were wrong. But until you're willing to say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, whatever it takes to get to there, I'm willing to do that now, God. 
That, my child, is your cross. One morning, and I'm going to finish with this. One morning I woke up. Early in the morning, the Lord said, no, I no sooner opened my eyes. And the Lord said, Daniel, I've heard your prayer. I'm going to give you what you want. And I rejoiced, but I was a little tentative, you know. He said, I'm going to give you what you want, son. I'm going to take you where you want to go. Not geographically, but spiritually. I want to be at a certain place with you, Lord. And the Lord said, and I'm going to take you there and, and, and other things as well to be here with you. The Lord said, I'm going to do that. I said, oh, God, amen. I give you praise. I was overwhelmed by his glory. You know, I still have the lagarnias on my eye. But, oh, <laughs> Jesus. I just, in that moment, awakened, and the Lord said, I'm here. I'm going to give you your problem, what you prayed for. And, he, and, and then he said, but I will not take you anywhere that will kill you. Even though I agree to give you what you want, I will not take you where it will kill you. And if God just gave you your gave you many of your prayers, it would kill you because you're not ready to receive that. And he said, and then all of a sudden, while the Lord's talking to me, I have this vision of this, this airship. It's a, a spaceship just careening through space like that. And then I'm watching it in the vision, and then pretty soon the Lord takes me right to the window of that thing, and then I'm inside that, and there are two astronauts, you know, and they're just talking, just small talk. Everything's in order, you know? Everything's in order. And they can't possibly live in that environment unless they are encapsulated within that capsule. And I knew that. And, it's, and, and, and one of them did something and, and it's completely weightless, right? The thing just floats up and just remains, you know, suspended there because it's weightlessness. And then the Lord said this to me, I'm going to take you, but you cannot go until I first encapsulate you. And I said, a capsule? He said, a capsule. I cannot take you, Daniel, until you are absolutely holy. So all of a sudden, I want my cross. I want my destiny. I'll take you there, but you have to be holy first. And so I said, okay, God. I will be holy. And then it was just a few days after that that the pain in my body became so severe, went to the doctors, they said, you have an advanced case of cancer. Advanced. But how many times did I pray to God? I said, Lord, whatever it takes. And the doctors wouldn't even promise me a, a year, would they, babe? Not even a year. And it hurt so bad. It hurts so bad. I tell you, I never experienced pain like that. The doctor said, we're going to radiate your body. But he said, I want you to realize this isn't for, this is not a cancer treatment. This is just to reduce size of tumors in different places so that you can cope with the pain. He said, if it was a treatment for your cancer, where would we start? It is so extensive. So it became real scientific. The x-ray doctor said, or, or, the, or the radiation 
specialist said, okay, this is how we're going to do it, Daniel. Point to where it hurts the worst. <laughs> and they mapped my body based upon how I pointed where it hurt the worst. But I had prayed. Whatever it takes, Daddy, whatever you choose, that's the cross. Whatever it takes so that I can be one with you. Whatever it takes to walk in the fullness of discipleship. I don't want to remain a disciple all my life. I one day want to be an apostle. I want to graduate this discipleship. I want you to send me. And I know you won't send me and not go with me in power. But you see, God won't send us where we will die if we were not fully equipped. So the cross is this, Lord. Whatever it takes to walk in the fullness of my destiny as a child of God. And this is what the world needs from us. Crossbearers, the ones who have come to that place and said, whatever it takes, Daddy. Amen. 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 And so he said, let's, let's get you started with a treatment. I said, you know, my daddy lived to 72. My daddy died of colorectal cancer. I said, doctor, can I live to 72? I was 63. He goes, mm, man. And then he replies, well, I, we don't think you're going to die within the next few months. Wow, thanks, doc. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here, baby, see me to God. But I'm here right now. Six weeks later, I went in. Six weeks later, you know the story, I went in for an examination. The doctor said, he, he whirled around on his chair. Well, first of all, the computer turned on by itself. He said, well, my computer never turned on by itself before. Self-booting. No. He said, I said, I, I don't know. My, I don't know. And he says, well, it's my computer turned on by itself. He walked over and he says, my God. He says, and he said, your portfolio's on my screen. And he says, my computer says you were the last one in today. I, he says, I know you were in the last one in today. You're the last I scheduled. But my computer says you're the first one. Jesus said, the first will be last, the last will be first. Say amen to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he did an examination, and after that, and well, he looked at the results, and then he turned around and said, how did you do that? <laughs> he, he retired two months later. He's the one who should be telling me how it happened. And he's asking the farmer, how'd you do that? <laughs> A renowned physician in all of Colorado, University Hospital, a renowned and he's asking me, Chaparrito, how you do that? <laughs> My God, prayer. He said, I've never seen that before. The doctor said, the other doctor said, it's a miracle. But now I'm holy. I'm holy. The things that hindered me no longer do. The types of temptations that you have, I no longer have. The things that distract you do not distract me. 
I am dead in Christ Jesus. I am crucified. Yet I live. Yet not I. Christ liveth in me. I'm free. I am no longer a child of this world. I am a child of heaven. The cross, the cross is this. When you reach that desperate moment that you've got to walk in the power of God, you say to God, whatever it takes, not my will, but thy will be done. That baby is the motivational cross that will turn your world upside down. Lord, I give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. I thank you, God. Stand up, babies, from where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you're not too tired, that you're going to forget what I said. And just to, and just to make sure, I'm going to preach it all again tomorrow morning. No. <laughs> but I want you to get it because it's everything. You reach that place of desperation where you're willing to say whatever you choose. Hallelujah. Pastor said 10 a.m. we'll be back here this morning, in the morning. God is good. I love you, cross bearers. But I've given you my absolute best, and I know it works. All the world, all the money in the world could not purchase the truth I just gave you. And this will equip you to turn your worlds upside down. So when you go home, take a deep breath. And if you're serious with God, you say, Lord, whatever it takes to get me in condition for what you've called me to do, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, after all of that, all of that cancer stuff, God has healed me. I was I'm uh, an inch and a half shorter than then. I'm still pretty tall. You probably didn't notice. <laughs> I used to look at my wife like this, and now I'm. But when I want to feel macho, I stand on a little brick. Come here, baby. For old times' sake. <laughs> I laugh about it, but it hurts so bad. But it turned out to hurt so good because God answered my prayer. And visions and revelations, glory be to God. Visions and revelations, things being revealed, things I can't even say. God's showing me the inner workings of Washington, D.C. I am hearing secret conversations. I know all about this. I can tell you what's happening. The Lord said, oh, man, you guys really love the news. He said, there's no headlines in heaven. But I can tell you it's coming if you'll get right with me. So just raise your hand and pray. Say, Lord, tonight. I can't pray this prayer with you. I can practice but I can't pray it with you. Lord, whatever it takes to get me, to make me, transform me, to give me the fullness of my destiny, that's what I want. And whatever it takes. Ultimately, you're going to have to pray that by yourself in a quiet place. Just you and God, and I assure you, God will make a way. And once you've done that, then you have your cross. I love you. Thank you for coming.
Thank you for staying late. Hallelujah to God. Nobody fell asleep tonight. Hallelujah. I felt a little dazed for a minute, but it was okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a sense of humor. Does he not? Just look at the person next to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good, but we're taking the world for Christ, are we not? Hallelujah. 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 I love you. God bless you. Revival, the fire of God, tomorrow, in Jesus' name. Our stream, our mainstream, Friday Night Revival, I love you. God bless you. Your home, the tabernacle of the Most High. God bless you. We're many hearts. Do it with me, babies. We're many hearts. Becoming one. We are the gathering. Say it again. We are many hearts becoming one. We are the gathering together with our home stream. We are many hearts becoming one. We are the gathering. Clap your hands to Christ Jesus. Praise the name of Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you are in prayer, I'm here. We'll wait for you. Otherwise, we'll be here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Think about what I said. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, the man of God. First one here. What I had shared with you, what the Lord had shown me, I saw it tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know if you remember, but I told you that I saw you bigger and greater than the Lord. And the Lord reminded me of tonight. Praise God, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So are you, Neil. This is who you are. This is not my anointing. This is your anointing. We're one in this, Neil. Oh, glory be to God. You worked hard.